Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. along my fellow Americans Sam Bushman live can you hear me everybody all right back with you live ladies and gentlemen sorry for the little tidbit for some reason the checkbox got unchecked I started the world was all great but not for y'all because nobody could hear me sorry about that welcome to the broadcast on the road always brings unique challenges to say the least but have no fear we're ready to go it is July the 29th in the year of our Lord 2020 22 this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life liberty and property and to promote god family and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers yes indeed we use the blueprint for liberty the supreme law of the land the constitution for the united states of america is our guide and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips Now, the best part is when we're on the road, the broadcast we're still able to put together regardless of some challenging circumstances. You know, when you're on the road, it's kind of interesting. You end up at a place you think you're going to have great connectivity and lo and behold, no connectivity, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on. But, man, we just adapt and adjust and do the very best we can on a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled, we're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. In a quick recap of yesterday's show, we talked about Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. Ben Carson, believe it or not, lays it out for 2024, says that Donald Trump will probably be the nominee for the Republican Party. And that Ron DeSantis will probably wait and be polite in the good old boy network. And he'll take the stage in 2028. And probably Ron DeSantis will be elected for eight years then. I appreciate that optimism from Ben Carson, Um, but I don't really believe that we're going to have Donald Trump for four years in 2024, then we're going to have Ron DeSantis for eight years in 2028, taking us to what, 2036, right? I don't really know that from 2024 to 2036, we're going to have Republicans in office. I wish it were so, but it seems that our society continues to vote Democrat, even though every time we do, we get absolutely beat up and destroyed. It's just amazing. But they say the midterm elections, that's 2022 coming up just in what, 18 months or something? They say it'll produce a political ad spending total of $8.4 billion. Wow, that's close to 2020's $9 billion price tag. We're talking about big money, folks, for the elections. The 2022 elections, normally the midterms aren't really that critical. Uh, But in this case, uh, because the Democrats have ran things off the rails, because the Republicans want to take things back so badly, it's been an epic battle indeed. Now, I don't really think the Republicans will solve a whole lot. They claim to solve things. 
they sound better. But remember, it's Republicans that sided with the Democrats that just passed the latest gun control measures, right? It's Republicans that promised us to get rid of Obamacare only to vote on it, what, 40 times when they did not have control? Uh, and then when they got control, they failed us. It was the Republicans that promised they'd lock Hillary up, right? It was the Republicans, the Republicans, the Republicans. And so I can go on and on about this, but they don't have a great track record. They have a great track record of betraying us and pretending to get something done or to stand for what is right. But when the real issue comes, I don't see a whole lot. We also had our guest on Wendy Kinney, founder and CEO of Revere Payments. Reverepayments.com is the website. Freedom to do business, she says. Cancel, cancel culture has no place here. No one should have to sacrifice their First Amendment rights for fear that the payment processors will shut you down and you won't be able to run your business. Not here. Not on her watch. She says, we hope that you will spread the word about a world-class payment provider that will support your ability to think as you will and allow you to do your, run your business as you think best. Of course, they won't support anything illegal or anything like that. But if you have a difference of opinion, et cetera, et cetera, they will back your play. Check it out. Reverepayments.com. That was our one of the broadcasts. Great interview with Wendy. Her history as an attorney. Her history uh, with, um, uh, what do you call them? Multi-level marketing companies. Uh, something that's quite impressive. Hopefully she'll have the mojo to stick with our people and stand up for what is right in a meaningful way. That was hour one. Hour two, we had James Edwards with us, and we talked about race, politics, religion, and a whole lot more. ThePoliticalCesspool.org is his award-winning website. And we talked about New at Sovereign, Ben Swan's Truth in Media. Facebook turns out to be full of CIA agents deciding content policy. So when you get shut down on Facebook, when you get um, you know marginalized or they, they restrict everything you do, know that it's the CIA and the FBI and the Department of Defense all at the helm. Incredible documentation, Operation Mockingbird on steroids. I don't know what else to call it. Just insane. Also, Trump says he's going to sue CNN over repeatedly defamatory statements. Will Trump really sue? Does Trump really have the mojo, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, sue CNN? You know, we hear Trump complaining about libel laws and slander laws when he was president. Of course, he did nothing, right? Uh, it reminds me of Trump saying on the campaign trail, lock her up, meaning Hillary. She's an evil, nasty woman. And then when he gets in office, he says, I'll leave Hillary alone. Same thing with George Soros. We know he's been funding the opposition and funding the communist and the socialist agenda. That's my opinion to which I'm entitled. Uh, for quite some time, uh, but yet, you know what, when George gets brought up to Donald, Donald says, leave George alone. Well, it turns out George funded hotels for Donald, so there you go. They're good friends as well. So, you know, when it comes down to it, we were told that we're going to get to the bottom of Barack Obama's birth certificate. Was it forged to our PIO and his investigative team? Absolutely confirms yes. Forensic documentation to that fact. Donald asking about the birth certificate as well. But when it comes down to it, Donald didn't look into the birth certificate at all. He just jettisoned that discussion. So there's a lot of things left on the table that we really got to kind of wonder about. If Trump takes office, uh, again, will we see a sea change? We're hearing that if Donald Trump takes office in 2024, that he'll be ruthless and getting rid of 
bad actors, getting rid of deep state operatives, uh, you know what, gutting whole sections of the government to truly bring back freedom. Will Donald really do it, or is that all talk like lock her up? Is that all talk like we're going to get to the bottom of the libel and slander laws? Several of us have sued James Edwards, guest yesterday, second hour, one of them, to try to have accountability for their misstatements and dishonesty, publishing of fake news and more. But yet the court's just citing against us, never mind the facts, never mind the truth. They literally said James Edwards was a leader and a member of the KKK. Neither are true. But then even though it came out in court saying, well, we know it's not true, they just simply said it's Aesop's fables. It's the company he keeps that's the problem. Guilty as charged. (laughs) Wow. So it goes on and on. I mean, these things are just beyond imagination. You can't make this stuff up. It's crazy. But that's what we're seeing. Did Donald just underestimate the deep state the first time? But going forward, he knows better and he's got their number. Do you believe that? See, I don't. I don't believe that at all. So, uh, you know, time will really tell what's going to happen with all that. Uh, But I don't know that Donald Trump is your savior for 2024. I'll tell you that right now. I didn't vote for Donald either time. And I will not vote for him in 2024. To me, Donald's a great guy in many ways. He's done a lot of good. But he's also caused a lot of harm, sadly so. Uh, The vaccine fiasco is the biggest one I can think of. I mean, think about it. This guy literally put vaccines on Operation Warp Speed. And then the government literally backed vaccine us all and almost forced all of us to be vaccinated of course a few people stood up and good for them for doing so right but wow shame on the donald for that so i'm not here just to attack donald he's done a lot of good as well okay and one of the one of the um judges donald trump put in place his name is u.s district judge matthew mcfarland and he was a trump appointee by the way he orders the air force officials On July 27th, so just yesterday, I think it is, or no, two days ago, not, I repeat, not to punish members of the military seeking, or I should say the Air Force, right, seeking religious exemptions to the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. TheEpicTimes.com with that story. So you got a judge appointed by Donald Trump that says, no, we're not going to do forced vaccinations. So Donald's got an interesting track record. I commend the judge that he appointed. I commend him for appointing the judge. I commend the judge for standing up for truth and religious liberty and freedom. At the same time, Donald's the one that fast-tracked, or Operation Warp Speed, these vaccines in the first place. So it's very, very strange. But I commend this judge. It's a huge win for those in the military. The sad part is the win comes after 97-plus percent of The Air Force or the military already vaccinated, already took the first round of the vaccines. Now, many of the military not taking the second round, the booster, the second booster, etc. So that's good news. But wow, boy, howdy, is it kind of rough, right? A day late and a dollar short, but a judge got it right. That's the good news. Quick pause. I got an interesting interview coming up about election fraud. We'll do it all in seconds with a guest named Roger Fuller on your radio.
treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family, we the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always as I'm on the road. Hopefully the, the audio is coming through just fine. A little bit of craziness uh, with difficult internet connections, etc. So I've got an incredible interview that I did at the Freedom Fest. Roger Fuller is the gentleman's name. Who is he? He's an election fraud data analyst. And uh, you got to ask yourself, are you familiar with the Edison system? And you got to ask yourself, how do we beat the rig? As we listen to this wide-ranging interview with Roger Fuller, it starts now. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live from Freedom Fest 2022. Having a fantastic time. Hoping you are as well. Uh, many people came to the event, but a lot of people are listening on the radio. You know, people around the country just don't uh, like to make it to Vegas country sometimes. Nevertheless, we are enjoying ourselves. And one gentleman who is here with us is Roger Fuller. Uh, he doesn't represent any organization, just himself, but he does have a history of understanding election fraud. He's kind of become a data, data and that, wow, a data analyst of sorts, uh, and he's kind of drill, uh, been drilling into election fraud. And he's got a lot of uh, data to share with us. Roger, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right, tell me how you got into this thing. First of all, first off, who are you, and then how did you get into this? Well, I'm a, I'm just a uh, retired guy. I. Um, I had a career in uh, Silicon Valley designing microchips, and um, um, when I saw what happened in, on election night, um, I, I just started watching everything that was going by, and, and um, it was pretty pretty apparent 
right away that uh, a lot of funny business had gone on with the way they way they called Arizona so quickly. It didn't make any sense to me. And then, um, um, you know, the way the way that you know Trump was leading everyone at uh, in every every all those six battleground states, Trump was leading by big margins. And then we see Pennsylvania take three days to to eat away at that margin and and uh, and uh, you know eventually flip it. It's like eight hundred thousand vote lead that they got eaten away after he'd been doing all those rallies up there you had 50 100,000 people showing up at these rallies in Erie Pennsylvania and how could he how could he lose that election it just never made any sense to me well you got to discuss it very uh, gingerly and the reason why is because they say we're all nuts we're all crazy they say anytime we bring evidence forward they claim it's debunked so they always use this term without evidence uh, Donald Trump says this and uh, Mike Lindell says that, and so on, and so on, and so on. Uh, let me ask you, as a data, data analyst, it seems to me that, you know what, um, there might be a lot of information that's not accurate. There not, might be a lot of information that's not uh, as provable as others. Uh, and so for two years, people have been battling this. Everybody kind of seems to have their own take, right? 2,000 mules says, hey, you know what, you had ballot stuffing via these boxes. We caught mules via uh, cell phone uh, data. Uh, along with video evidence that kind of collaborates the uh, assumptions. And uh, we've taken painstaking data points to ensure that uh, the data we have uh, does point to uh, fraud or at least beyond uh, probable cause evidence and stuff like that. It's pretty hard to deny when you see people on the screens uh, literally stuffing ballots, taking photos of the ballots they stuff, and then you have people testifying that they paid them. You know, uh, there's enough dots connected to really bring concern. But you know what? That came out two years after. Um, Mike Lindell, Donald Trump making the claims. People going to court. Sidney Powell. Anyway, I don't mean to talk forever, but I, I want to highlight it's all over the map, Roger. Well, it didn't all. It's not two years later. I, I saw things in the first couple of weeks after the election that uh, really kind of you know, blew my mind. There's, um, there's a system for reporting election data on, on election night. It's called the Edison system, and it's a it's a way for the um, local com they they collect all the data from the elections as they're as they're you know as soon as the polls close, and they transmit it to the New York Times first, and then it becomes available for everybody to look at. <clears throat> so, the way this Edison data works. So it runs. Hold on, it runs through the New York Times. Yes, yes, but the the company is called Edison. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know that many details about it beyond um, the way they report is that um, they report an accumulating total. So, so you you see, it starts at zero, and then yeah, it's kind of like a GoFundMe counter. Yeah, as 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 the as the ballots come in, the the, the total increases, and so so basically, if you look at this the latest total and you subtract the previous total, you get the number of ballots that came in during that time frame. And it's, they're all time-stamped. And uh, so I managed to get this downloaded from the Internet probably within a day or two of the election and started analyzing it. It's not easy to analyze because... Uh, so hold on. Let me back you up. How do you get this data, though? The New York Times kind of runs through it. Yeah, thing. it's on the website. You can, you Everybody can, can just see it on the website. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a couple of groups. Uh, there's a group called Ordros, um, which is Draza Smith, and, and they... they 
did a lot of this and uh, where they captured it. And they've just done a lot of it in all these uh, the recent primaries because the primaries are all reported the same way too. So what you get is really you get a, you get a, a, a number of ballots in a, in a time window as they're counting them, as they're counting them. So this is real-time data, and it's, it's data, you know, the, the real yeah. data. Real so you've got to start mark and an end mark for the data is your point. Yeah. And so now we're analyzing a data based on time yeah. in the middle of this. Yeah. And so, so looking, at, looking at the stuff that came in from Michigan, for example, um, at, at, uh, at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, whatever it was, when they had stopped counting, supposedly, you see this big batch of ballots come in of 149,000 ballots come, come flying in, and in a period of 20 minutes. And um, so we, we know now that they had 12 machines that could count 3,000 an hour. So that means that they could count 36,000 in an hour, and they get a batch of 149,000 in 20 minutes. While counting was Yeah, stopped. but I also don't understand, though. No offense, but counting 36,000 in an hour is nothing. No, but that's that's. But when you when you have to count, that's that's all they could do. Those physical machines are only capable of doing it. That's what they had there in that counting center. Yeah. So so they you know they 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 they're running these machines twenty four seven for several days to get to get the millions of ballots counted. That's true, but but you see usually when you, when you had when you have when in the old days you had an election and it was all distributed in the precincts. Each precinct had its own machine. You'd only be counting a few thousand. You'd be counting them during the election. So with all these mail ballots coming in, they all came into the same place, and you all, then you have to start you have to count them all in one place. But, but these numbers were coming from that place because this is after election day is over. And uh, so, so they all were coming from the Detroit Counting Center, 12 machines, 36,000 ballots an hour at full speed. Okay? And, but, and, and then they said, we're stopped counting. And during the period when they had stopped counting, we get batches reported on the Edison system. Batches that are too big for them to count on those machines in the time period that they show. This is the data. The data doesn't lie. This is what was reported. So, so then, similarly, in California... Yes, hold on. Before you go on, just to make it clear for everybody. So you're simply saying, hey, how can we have more ballots hit the system than we can count? Because they because they had they had already preloaded the machines with them. Okay. Yeah. So now what you need is subpoena evidence to prove that, right? But the no judge will give you the warrant to do that. So what do we do now? Because the, you know it's not there's no you know to get a warrant to to do that. And 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 also the election officials are kind of maybe they're in on it, right? So maybe they're not going to want. Their their friend, the judge, to give to give a an injunction or a, a reason to for them to look at it. Okay, so the, this is this came in within within a few days of the election. Yes. Okay, and 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 right after the election, I think the day after the election, Michelle Malkin had a did a video, and she had a she had a gentleman on there who had who had been in the counting center, had been ejected from the counting center when when the. Um, when the uh, counting stopped because he was a Republican observer and they threw them all out. And uh, while, you know, they had seen stuff going on inside the counting center that he, he described. And then, and then other people had seen a truck pull up 
into the loading bay, and they were they were handing back and forth memory sticks, and they were and they were they took boxes of ballots out of this truck and and put them on a cart and brought them in. So so there's there was all kinds of things in 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 in, in Michigan there. Uh, you know, the polls close, you can't accept any more ballots. So this truck came in in the middle of the night, three in the morning, when counting was stopped, and they unloaded ballots from it. So, so these things were on. These things were happening right away. Yes, we've known the, these things from the start. Okay, and then, and then, you know, in, in November and December, we saw a lot more. We saw the ballot, you know, suitcases full of ballots coming out from a table. Yes, we saw we. Gentlemen, quick pause. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Price. As many Americans have a justifiable concern about the recession facing us, President Biden, reading from a cue card, says we're not in a recession. Both Chairman Powell and many of the uh, um, uh, significant uh, banking personnel and economists say we're not in a recession. This has declining GDP for 2022 so far, inflation at 9.1%, and three months of declining consumer confidence. We'll have the American people deciding if this is a recession. July 2022 Consumer Price Index data is scheduled to be released on August 10th. House lawmakers are preparing to return to Congress and spend more the week of August 8th. They will vote on the Senate's $740 billion climate agenda and self-proclaim deficit reduction package. USA Radio News. Wendy Bell here for my friends at Swiss America. Did you know the U.S. Constitution authorizes only two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver? That's right. But our government abandoned gold and silver a half century ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have rocketed in recent years due to growing economic uncertainty. So to help my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer today. Silver Walking Liberty half dollars at the amazing low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right, $12.50. Call now to reserve your silver coins at 800-630-1490. That's 800-630-1490. Silver walking Liberty half dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last. Put a silver lining in your financial portfolio now by calling 800-630-1490. 800-630-1490. Illegal immigrant Harrison Fuentes, accused of raping a 10-year-old girl from Ohio, is being held without bond. On Thursday, prosecutors said the girl confirmed her attacker and DNA testing proved law enforcement has their guy. Franklin County Judge Julie Lynch at the bond hearing Thursday. This man lived in the home with this child to allow him to return to that home. The traumatic and psychological impact would be undeserving to an alleged victim. The White House reported President Biden spoke with Chinese President Xi Jinping Thursday morning. The two spoke for about two hours and 20 minutes. Ian Chong from the National University of Singapore on Germany's public broadcast service. 
On the Xi side, it's not that he's going for election. I think it's pretty clear he has his third term. It's about him being able to uh, push his agenda through, being able to put his key allies into important positions. USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. The Roger Fuller interview continues now on Liberty Roundtable Live. November and December, we saw a lot more. We saw the ballot, you know, suitcases full of ballots coming out from a table. Yes. We see we see that on the security cameras, we see the we see these election people, election workers, say, "Oh, we're going to stop counting now." They make everybody leave. They make all the observers leave. And it's kind of like they should be leaving, too. And then, then they start looking around make sure there's nobody watching. And out come the ballots from under the table. And, and you, they take them over to the counting machines. And the woman puts them through the counting machines ten times, five, six, seven, ten times. The same batches of ballots go through the machines five or ten times. The other thing about those in particular was they were in that suitcase. They had never yeah. been folded. They were counting them as mail ballots. They'd never been folded. So if you which see, means they've never been sent. Which means they were never really mail ballots. Right. That they're, they're either counterfeits or they're something else about them, you know? Uh, no, I get it. So this is what I mean, though. You've got an example, great information, factual-based evidence that's, du- that's duplicatable, that's provable, that's documentable, that's testifiable, that's all these things, but we're two years later. Well, what do we, what do, we do? Now we are. Well, the one I want to tell you about first, though, is, is the, the Edison data on California. Right, right away, this is days after the election. Um, if you look at the data coming to the New York Times from California, there's a couple of situations where you see a batch of one ballot. Okay? And the way they report this is they report these, the, the, the batch and they report the percentage, the percentage for Biden and the percentage for Trump in the batch. There's a batch of one ballot and it's reported as 0.65, 0.35. Yeah, in other words, they're doing fractional balloting now. Fractional ballots. Okay, and the machines are entirely capable of doing fractional ballots. They, yeah, which they, alone should be criminal because there's no such thing no as a fractional thing. ballot. And, and this was a feature that was, in, that was put in at the request of Hugo Chavez when they originally put together this software back in the early 2000s. Yes, and this is where a lot of Sidney Powell's evidence comes in. Yes. And, I'm and, familiar with this. And, and none of it has... There's only been there was only in the whole situation up till up till and beyond January 6th, there was only one situation in 87 or 89 cases on election fraud where evidence was actually presented to a court. It was in Nevada. It was Carson City on December 3rd. And the evidence that was presented was that there were 40,000, more than 40,000 people who voted twice in Nevada. And there was a whole bunch more that had voted twice in Nevada and, yeah, and, and like also in California, and also in California. Um, you know, because one thing one thing we found out eventually by looking into it is that, that for instance, California you can you can go to California today and register to vote today, and um, you 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 can't you can't vote in an election within 15 days, but you can go to California today and register to vote. And then, and then, you know, then you'll get a mail ballot. Then you'll get a mail ballot for the next election. Okay, so 
to register to vote, you have to put down an address and things like that. But, you know, so, you know, you get an Airbnb or something like that, and you put down that address and go pick up your mail ballot later and, and go vote. And and this this is one thing they were they were that they did in in Georgia. Um, again, this is this is in 2020. Was uh, the Georgia they had this uh, runoff election? Um, um, it, that was on January 5th, the day before January 6th, and um, the 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 uh, Stacey Abrams there was encouraging people to come to Georgia for a weekend, register to vote, so that you could vote in this runoff election. Now, in Georgia, the 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 runoff election is a continuation and an extension of the general election. The law says you have to be registered for the general election to be able to vote in the in the runoff. So, why is Stacey Abrams telling people to come and register for the runoff who aren't registered before? So I called, and then and then they they actually did get seventy thousand people registered for the runoff election, and that was more than the difference as well. But they but the but those registrations I I see those as being something really bad because um, because the people that process those registrations in the registrar's office they knew that this they knew they shouldn't be doing this, and they did this anyway. I call this administrative. Um, voter registration fraud because the administrators, the people working in the registrar's office are doing it. All right. The information's there. The allegations are made. The evidence is duplicatable, uh, verifiable, etc. But Roger, and this is the problem that we're all having from Mike Lindell to your information to Catherine Catherine Engelbrecht's information to Greg's data analysis to right on through on and on and on. We're two years later, and we haven't been able to really move the needle. We've got a few arrests. We've got, but people like Tina Peters who have stood up and proved a lot of stuff as well. People like Catherine Engelbrecht, like Greg Phillips. All of us are being attacked. Uh, many people are being thrown in jail. Uh, people's lives and reputations and professional careers are being ruined. We're two years later. Besides the sheriff's investigations that we have going on, I don't know that we've moved enough of the needle. We haven't. Well, I think that a lot of the people in our population have woken up to this and and realize. I Which think is we, good. I think we have like seventy percent of the population now clearly Concerned understands and aware. But but the but the, the the situation is is that that our elected officials, our most of our law enforcement officials, um, again. Our constitutional sheriffs, constitutional sheriffs and peace officers association—they're doing wonderful things. They got it. They've got it straight. That the sheriffs are the, the sheriffs are the only answer now. I mean, if if um, I'll go I'll go over my my thing about uh, how how do we beat the rig because the our our elected officials are not going to fix this stuff. They've demonstrated they're not going to fix it. They're not going to make any changes. In fact, not only are they going to fix it, they're going to stand in the way and run counterintelligence right. and attacks on those who are trying to fix it. So they're not only not willing to help, but they're willing to be uh, more than a hindrance, right? Yeah, they're willing well, to use their positions right. as the, the deep state to stop us from getting uh, this corrected. They're running the next rig. Okay. So the, um, um, the way I've gone is... Um, that that we're left. It's really we, the people, that have to solve this problem. And uh, the only chance we have, I think, and it may not, it may only be a chance, is uh, to do what I call uh, beat the rig. And um, 
what what all of uh, all of those of us who who do this analysis kind of stuff and and look at how these things are done what what is the way they do it is they they with with early voting and um, mail-in voting they they get a lot of the votes in before election day or they got even 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 in states where they can't open the envelope yeah, that's why they say vote early vote often right yes but that you know that, that that's how they that's they made it so easy to get reg- first thing is they stuffed the registration rolls so they got plenty of plenty of ballots out there but but when they when when you vote early you're telling them you voted you, you know they know you voted now and what's more important i think is that by election day they know who hasn't voted so you get to election day and um now they all they now they know exactly what they have to do, how many votes they have to destroy or create to get their desired outcome. And so so the only chance we have is we the people have to vote like we used to have to vote, where it's one day. Yeah, one day on site, face to face, paper ballots. Ballpoint pen. Ballpoint pens, very important aspect of this, okay? So, so the answer is to, say in California or other states where they mail a mail ballot to everybody, make sure you get your mail ballot, because if you don't get it, somebody snatched it. If you get more than one, it's evidence. Keep it. Keep them both. They're like gold. In any case, take your mail ballot with you when you go vote on election day and take a ballpoint pen. And now have your, have your mail ballot in your pocket. And if they tell you you've already voted, you bring it out and you show them, no, I haven't voted. Here's my mail ballot. I'm calling the sheriff because either somebody's stolen my identity or you're trying to disenfranchise me. I'm calling the sheriff. And hopefully you got a constitutional sheriff in your county and they'll do something about it. Okay, so this is the the only answer, the only possible way we can do it is by taking it back and voting like we used to have to vote, where it's all in one day on a paper ballot with a ballpoint pen. Okay. And the I ball personally point, think the, what we need is we need uh, surveillance video. We need a wide-angle camera on the room. We need a top-down view of it so that we can do an instant replay. What we need is ballot counters and ballot observers all swearing to the vote total under the penalty of perjury. That's my proposal. Yes. But you still, still, if you're counting them on machines, you slip your ballot into the machines. The other, the other aspect is take a picture of your ballot to show how you voted, remind yourself how you voted. And, uh, but, you know, still, still, there's still some holes in this. You, it's not perfect. Um, like in Illinois, in Illinois, they, made, they, they have everybody voting on these machines that have no paper ballot. Yes, it's just touchscreen stuff. But in Illinois, you can, rec- you can, you can, request a paper ballot and you they have to give it to you so we had in illinois in illinois they had several problems where there are these big voting centers and they uh, they ran out of paper ballots they didn't have any ballots when the people got there to vote so you had to vote on a machine it, and and you know that's the 14th fourth um, amendment violation because because you 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 should they their their law says you have the right to vote on a paper ballot and they didn't have any paper ballots so what's going on? I mean, you, you know, they're, they're, I think that's a big lawsuit right there. 
Yep. The problem is with the lawsuits, then they don't even look at the merits of the case. They just simply say, you don't have standing or whatever they want to say to toss it out and never even look at the evidence of the merits of the case. That's what happened to Sidney Powell. She never even got her information. All they did was say, look, we're going to have the bar disbar you. We're going to go ahead and go after you for um, you become a vexatious attorney to the process here. And we're not even going to. We're not even going to consider what you have to say. We're just simply going to go after you and your law license and everything else. They did disbar Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, they did bar. Disbar All right, Rudy they Gi- disbarred Rudy Giuliani, ladies and gentlemen. And that's a big problem, this bar thing. This thing where they just want to basically act like the bar decides whether you can be an attorney, whether you can practice law or not. Uh, it's a disaster. I, I don't even know what to say about it. But again, they're playing games. They're not looking at the merits. They're attacking individuals who stand up against these shenanigans. In Illinois, it's illegal not to provide a paper ballot if somebody requests one. How come they don't have enough? Well, because no one's been requesting them, right? They've gotten away with it for so long. Quick pause. The interview continues in seconds on your radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. It is frightening what goes on in elections these days, right? I mean, in my opinion, it's just shocking (laughs) of the details. We've got so many people now analyzing elections, digging into the details. And, man, we have the law being broken everywhere. So imagine this in Illinois. I want a uh, paper ballot. The law says I can get one if I ask for it, but they don't have any. Now what? Well, you can say that's not election fraud. That's fine. You could say it was an oversight. People haven't been requesting ballots, and so we didn't print enough. We don't have them. 
Um, but the problem becomes, hey, if you don't have paper ballots and people request them and they can't get them and that's the law, then the law has been violated. Well, if the law has been violated, is that election fraud or is that just breaking the law? And the next question becomes, if you're just breaking the law but it's not really election fraud, what happens if there becomes a count necessary? Now you don't give people you know, physical paper copies of their ballots, but yet we're counting ballots, but nobody can prove the details of their ballot and how they voted, right? See, it becomes messy very, very, very quickly. And what the mainstream might say is, well, there's not really fraud or negative intent here. You can't prove fraud. Fraud's a very high bar of proof. I get it. But then when we bring up concerns about this, election concerns, whether we call it election fraud, vote fraud, uh, campaign fraud, whether we say it's not fraud at all, it's oversight or it's breaking the law or it's whatever, um, we're not here to debate terms or debate details. We're here to simply say we need to absolutely laser-like focus, investigate all elections. And if there's anomalies or problems or law breaking or anything, we need to fix it. That's what we're saying. All right, the interview with Roger continues. Right. So, again, go back to the cases. There, there were 89 major election fraud cases. Only three of those were Donald Trump or his campaign. Okay. Um, and actually, a couple of those did get heard, but they weren't evidentiary cases. They were process cases. And yeah, which so, means we're not going to deliver the facts. We're right. going to basically play games with process and right. dismiss it on missteps or whatever you want to say. And there was Never dealing with the real issues of the case. There was only one case. It was here in Carson City, and it was they presented evidence, evidence, clean evidence of 40,000 people voting twice. And the judge said, well, you don't know their names. So he dismissed the evidence. That also had evidence of the... But we need to uh, get their names. The problem is, once they go into the machines, once they're separated from the envelope that sent them in or otherwise, you can't trace back where they came from at all. Well, this this was this is not uh, in this particular instance. I I'm I've been trying to get a hold of their their data so that I could find them because um, the 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 way they found those forty thousand was with a combination of um, again it was da- was data analysis. They they analyzed a. Uh, uh, driver's license records, um, voter registration records, and change of address records, and they they had actually connected it, and they had they had forty thousand of them. They hadn't been able to go through and connect them all together, to so that you could say this person voted twice. I think I could do that now. With, uh, but with you can only do that if you can get all the records and the information and the data dump that you need to make that happen. They had that. They had that. The pro- the problem was is that they had just gotten all that data and and made the first the first pass gave them the forty thousand number, and that was on a Monday, and they had to have this evidence together for court on Wednesday. Yeah. So they had, didn't have time to put together Which all the details. Which wasn't intentional that they marched the time frame. The, not, the, yes, they worked the discovery the process on. was violated. Overall, due process for all Americans was violated that day. Yeah, but that was only the only one case that actually evidence was presented, and it was also dismissed. All right. So at the end of the day, then, what do you um, recommend we do? I know, I know you're saying, hey, paper ballots and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's going to be very hard to get done. I'm not saying it can't get done, and I'm not saying we shouldn't push for it. I'm just saying... Um, what do you think we do, though? Is this something that you're going to pursue and that we should keep an eye on? I, I, you know, we, we are already looking at the data from primaries 
that, that have gone by already. There's There's been a big effort to analyze the data after the primary here in Nevada, and I think you'll hear some news on that very shortly. Um, we are, uh, I was working with Bobby Python running for the Senate in Illinois. Uh, they had seven people in the Senate race, and it doesn't, doesn't fit right, and we've already done some data analysis. It, the, all, the, all the vote counts for all seven are completely correlated yes. through times. There's 99.99% plus correlation. And that, that couldn't happen if it was a random occurrences. You just couldn't possibly have, you know, Kathy Salvi co- perfectly in lockstep with Bobby Python. And, and these, so they, like they picked pairs, different pairs of candidates to flip votes for in different counties and different precincts to, 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 to produce the correct result that they desired. And, but this is also thing, the thing to note here is this is the GOP doing it in their primary. It's not just the Democrats. Uh, I know it. It's all of them. It's the Uni- deep state against Uni- the rest of us. Uniparty. And the real question is, where does it trace? Does it trace all the way up to the United States federal government, general government? Does it trace internationally? Where does it go? Well, the when CCP, you, Communist Chinese Party, Communist well, Chinese Party. The the other the other one of the other aspects of of this is that uh, in October 2019, the um, the Communist Chinese Party bought bought uh, two-thirds of Dominion voting systems for $400 million through UBS Financial. How convenient. And then, and then, the, uh, <laughs> then the, uh, in Georgia, shortly, right about the same time in Georgia, um, um, Brian Kemp and Brad Rathlisberger bought all new Dominion voting systems in October. Yeah, shame on Kemp. And, the, and Kemp, Kemp, before he was governor, he was the Secretary of State. His chief of staff, when he was Secretary of State, became the head, the head lobbyist for Dominion Voting Systems. Yeah, you, were, you got cover-up Kemp at the helm in Georgia, right. now attacking Greg Phillips, uh, etc., or right. at least standing by while the Election Commission of Georgia does that, etc. Right. Uh, what a shame. All right, at the end of the day, we're, we're about out of time, but Roger, do you believe we'll get to the bottom of this and we'll start, heads will start to roll, or do you believe that they have such control, such manipulation, such... Uh, absolute control of the media, the election machines, the whole process to where they can pull off this coup and get away with it. What do you think at the end of the day will happen? I think they're, I think they're going to try and rig everything. But do you think we've got their number? Will we stop them or will they win? I don't see, I don't see anything being stopped yet. As again, I said uh, here in Nevada, there was a whole lot of shenanigans in their primary. And uh, like I said, hopefully you'll see some news on that soon. But so nationwide, you don't think we'll stop it? I, I think the only way to stop it is, is for people to wake up and realize and just not put up with it anymore. We have to not put up with it anymore. We have to, we have to take back control of our elections and demand that we, that we do things with paper ballots in one day and not let our, not let our state governments um, change the laws so that, 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 that they can never be defeated. Amen. Thank you, Roger. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Roger Fuller. Oh, wow. It's up to you. Are we getting to the bottom of it, ladies and gentlemen? If the people get incensed, we might, but our greater numbers will have to make this success, or else we, well, they've got our number right now. I'll tell you that right now. The battle's on. The culture war continues, and so does the election fraud battle. We continue to update every day as this unfolds on Liberty Roundtable Live. All right, election fraud, ladies and gentlemen, is one huge issue that we're keeping an eye on. Election fraud, voter fraud, um, 
campaign fraud. I mean, it just seems to never end. And every issue seems to not be in and of itself as big of a deal as you might think. But yet when you dig in, you find out that all these things together end up manipulating elections, folks. So how do we beat the rig? It's going to take we the people getting involved big time. Speaking of we the people getting involved, the American people have been really concerned about Hunter Biden. That's Joe Biden's son for quite some time. Uh, He got caught with a prostitute. He got caught lying and saying he didn't get a woman pregnant, but then she had a baby and proved it was his with DNA. We just go on and on with the scandal. Uh, Now he's in bed with Chinese companies, and he did something, many things, very bad. And But nobody's been able to get him on anything. For some reason, when it comes to Joe, they just bury the evidence and say it's not tied to Joe. Well, now we find out more and more and more evidence that it is tied to Joe Biden. Turns out when Joe Biden was vice president in the White House, he literally um, entertained many of Hunter Biden's, quote, business associates. Where would Hunter Biden um, get these kind of business associates in the first place? Well, his relationship to his father, Joe, is the most likely reality check. However, now experts are saying that Hunter Biden's failure to register as a, quote, foreign agent could mean prison. Breitbart writing this. So the question for all of you is, do you think that Hunter is going to prison? See, I think that it's wishful thinking. I think we need to keep the pressure and hope it's true. Uh, But it's kind of like how Donald was going to lock up Hillary. Never happened, even though she's guilty of all kinds of crimes. Quote, email server in her basement, for example, to make the point illegal is all get out when it comes to email correspondence and more. Uh, And and now you've got Hunter Biden literally failing to um, to file as a foreign agent. Uh, literally ties to all kinds of international companies with communist agendas, etc. Uh, and then it turns out that they lie and say, well, hey, Joe wasn't involved. And then it turns out that Joe entertained many of these people at the White House when he was vice president. Uh, now we're connecting all the dots and the evidence is there. But hey, it's a day late and a dollar short. They buried it before the election. Uh, so the American people weren't incensed enough to do much about it. Now the evidence is coming out, quote, two years into his term plus, right? Now what do you have to say for yourselves, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, They went after Donald Trump for saying he had Russian ties. turned out to be a complete bogus narrative funded by Hillary and crew. Uh, Joe was probably disappointed that he didn't lock her up, right? (laughs) But that's kind of what we're talking about here is this scenario where Joe does nothing, Hillary does nothing that can get them in trouble, right? No matter what they do, they're not in trouble. Hunter, right now. Teflon, untouchable. What do you say about that, huh? We better crank up the pressure and create accountability for these clowns before the 2022 or the 2024 elections. Poor man, they're going to stick a nail in the coffin, I'm afraid, folks. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. I'm Sam Bushman on the road. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips as always. We declare this nation shall endure. We, the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, can and will restore the greatest country on the face of the earth. Will you turn to God? Will you promote family and country? Will you help us? We sure hope so. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. We need your financial support, please. And God save the republic. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. Wow, folks. This is the broadcast for July 29th in the year of our Lord 2022. This is our two of two. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back. One heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday, we use the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And we do so by using the checks and balances that our founding fathers put in place. Absolutely brilliant solution for we, the people, to maintain control of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The only question left is, will we double down in terms of God, family, and country? Will we uh, accept our responsibility? Will we be engaged in the solutions or will we simply um, participate in bread, blood, and circus until we lose everything we hold dear? That is the ultimate question. If we have anything to say about it, we shall succeed. We shall preach and teach and pray and do all that we can to preserve the greatest country on the face of the earth. After all, it is about to preserve the nation, isn't it? Dr. Scott Bradley with me, speaking of To Preserve the Nation, his collegiate series, uh, and more available at freedomsrisingsun.com. Uh, his webinars, all that he does and all that I do, designed to restore the republic, to look at our back trail, as Dr. Bradley says, and to use that to say, hey, let's not freak out because we're in trouble. Let's just go to the tried and true. Let's go to the stable. Let's turn to God, family, and country, and let's do it. Let's do it quickly. Dr. Bradley, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, thank you very much. I uh, absolutely agree with what you've just said. The back trail is well marked, well defined. I mean, it's well trodden in past decades. We have been led by a number of generations of lessers uh, from the head of the government on down. And certainly the so-called education system of the United States is designed to facilitate the destruction of the United States with the implementation of un-Americanist philosophies that are tied directly back to the humanist religion and the socialist philosophies of government. So, yeah, it's we have a pretty clear-cut uh, direction that we should be able to pick up and run with, but uh, people are reluctant. Uh, everybody, not everybody, a great many people are uh, either so distracted with the diversions of everyday life, which they won't be able to pursue everything, but they're distracted by those, or they feel like, well, I talked to a guy here a while back, and, and it was interesting to me, we were talking about how we have taxed ourselves beyond where most countries have have uh, gone with when they've gone into a full tyranny. When in the United States, you pay, on average, if there's an average taxpayer, uh, at least half of your gross income to some level of government, whether it's gasoline tax or property tax or sales tax or excise tax or income tax, whatever it is, Social Security tax, we are giving away at least half of our gross income every month to some level of government. And I was lamenting that to this individual I was speaking with. And he said, oh, but look what we get for it. He was one of those people that think that... Uh, you know, you can you can kind of take little bits of cancer here and there and be just fine with it because you feel fine in another area. But the fact of the matter is the cancer is eating away at all of us. And uh, we've got to quit feeding at the trough. We've got to recognize that it's not acceptable. It's unconstitutional. 
it violates the baseline principles and we've got to we've got to say okay it's time for a change and we the people have got to make that decision or it'll never happen amen and you can always take another drink from the bottle of false prosperity if you want to but you can only carry it um if you continue with the ponzi scheme idea in other words we're going to create money out of thin air we're going to pump the system full of money everybody feels like they have money and hopefully you can stay ahead of inflation we're finding out that we cannot as we play this game eventually there will be a halt to, to the con game there's no doubt about it but in the meantime there's this false prosperity really that we've seen in america since world war ii days you know they came out of it uh, fake money took the order of the day taxes were fairly low the american people had all kinds of real and imaginary wealth uh, and now what's happening is that the inflation has uh, really um, reared its ugly head for a variety of reasons uh, and because of the ever ever increasing interest on the debt we're not going to be able to keep up with it and people are starting to see it fray around the edges but the reason that we still haven't really had a halt to the con game is the government still has been in a very unique position tying our dollars to oil uh, petrodollars, whatever you want to call it. And they've managed to expand the United States economy worldwide, creating this false prosperity. Well, that's about to come to an end. But in the meantime, we're pretty much living off of our parents and our parents' parents' wealth, wealth that has been handed down from generation to generation or wealth that you made 20, 30, whatever years ago. Uh, we're living off of all that, plus the stimulus money. So you've got the stimulus, false money, false wealth, uh, and then you've got some real wealth that's being siphoned off right now. As they push towards the reset, Dr. Bradley, you're seeing all these things come to a head. But the reason that the people haven't experienced it so far is they've managed to keep the kind of bread and circus alive. They've managed to use this fake fiat prosperity along with some real wealth that people are now tapping into. Uh, in other words, in 10, 15, 20 years, or I don't know the exact number, a lot of that will be tapped out and not available uh, for folks. They won't be able to rely on the baby boom generation. They won't be able to rely on the assets that people bought with the first fake money. Uh, in other words, a, a halt to the con games happening, but it's all this vicious circle that's going to eventually catch up to us uh, that's the problem. Well, you know, it's interesting. The uh, In a Ponzi scheme, you've mentioned that and, and probably... It could be simply explained, at least in, in a kind of a superficial way. But basically, it's a, it's a false investment process that the early investors get the proceeds that are brought in by later investors. The later investors get nothing, and the early investors continue to oh, advocate for the Ponzi scheme because, mm, by golly, they're doing so good. And uh, reality, there's so many Ponzi schemes out here right now that are Basically, they're supposed to be illegal, but the government runs all the ones that they that are being fostered. And uh, so that's why they've made them illegal, because anybody else did them, the people would say, wait, 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 we're being defrauded. We need to have some government intervention to prevent force and fraud and debauchery and all those kind of things. The thing with the, the current situation is the only ones that are going to succeed are the ones that are creating the money. Uh, because they get to spend it before the inflationary processes really settle in and cause everybody else, the mom-and-pop operations, the Main Street, whatever it is, re you know, the people that are on retirement, fixed incomes, you can, you can name the people as easy as I. But the fact of the matter is they're the ones that take it on the chops. 
and the guys that are, you know, the Federal Reserve, the private bankers that run our economy, and um, the few that are their elite tagalongs and hanger oners, they get the full benefit of all of this stuff, while the rest of us are taking it on the chops. And I, I'm not sure, sure, Sam, that your statement about it's fraying around the edges is absolutely accurate. And I'm not trying to be critical, but I'm saying it is. I think it's manifesting itself much more widely than that for anybody that's willing to to uh, take the time to examine the situation and recognize that we're in deep trouble in our economy right now. And I know people have said that, you know, in the 60s. I remember the people saying, oh, man, this deficit spending's got to stop. <laughs> Those guys were pikers back in the 60s. And, I mean, you know, we <coughs> the most, uh, okay, I know, I don't like generalities and putting people in a box, but since most of uh, society uses liberals and uh, and Democrats kind of synonymously and conservatives and Republicans synonymously, which is absolutely un- unfair and incorrect, um, the the most liberal Democrat of those days was far better than the most conservative Republican of our day, and and that uh, that is absolutely horrid. I mean, when we had guys like John F. Kennedy that were trying to push, you know, so, you know, the uh, his big socialist programs through, which were abject failures, because even those of his own party would not support them, and then you get LBJ in there, and he said, "Oh, well, for our fallen leader, we've got to step forward and, you know, pro, you know, push these programs forward," and and that's what he did. He pushed the JFK programs through, and and they were the Great Society. And uh, so-called, anyway. And that's uh, so much. Uh, the the Medicare, Medicaid debacle, debacles of today uh, came out of that 19, early 1960s uh, mindset. And, and so today, what passes as conservative was uh, considered extremely liberal, using, again, the vernacular of the day, uh, back, you know, earlier in my life. And people, we've been this boiling frog for so long. I mean, the water's not just warming up, it's boiling. I think the frog is cooked pretty much. I think there's a lot of truth to your point. I don't think it's critical to say it's beyond fraying around the edges. But the reason that I say that it's fraying around the edges, Dr. Bradley, is because those who claim that we're that far down the road of communism and socialism uh, and that, hey, fiat currencies always fail and, hey, um, this is going to be no exception, it's going to fail – uh, the second they start to put that kind of a, I don't know what you want to call it, but a doomsday scenario on it, then they start to talk about timing. And over and over and over, my whole literal political career, 30 years long, uh, has been everybody's telling me the next election, by golly, we won't even make it through the next election. This is the last uh, honest or last realistic election we're going to ever have. And where they say, oh, my gosh, by this date, the economy is going to melt down and fail. It can't possibly last much longer. And every time people make those kind of a claims, they always get schnookered, and they manage to prop up the system. As fraudulent and as fiat as it is, they manage to defy the logic. And so we need to be very careful of how, you know, where we say we are in this process. We'll talk about that coming up with Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds on your radio. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. 
The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. So I'm saying that it's fraying around the edges only because that's what most Americans see. Yeah, they know there's trouble when it comes to the pump. This has just been kind of a recent reality check. But you know what? Americans have been fleeced via the hidden tax of inflation uh, ever since 1913. The fleece has gotten much, much worse since the early 70s uh, when they jettisoned the gold standard completely, but they tied it to the oil standard or the oil dollar, whatever you want to call it, uh, petrodollars, etc. They tied it to the world so the fake prosperity could expand worldwide. Uh, is what's really happened. And now they've got everybody hooked on the dollar and people want to jettison the dollar, internationally speaking, but it's going to take some time to do so. Uh, so this currency continues to pretend uh, that it's a legitimate currency, even though it's as fiat as all get out. The problem is when you say, hey, we're cooked. Uh, you know what? The frog is boiled and, and we're done. The fat lady's already sung, whatever you want to say. Um, people just laugh at you because, hey, tomorrow you can still get a paycheck. Tomorrow you can still make your house payment. Uh, tomorrow you could still, um, you know, get food on your table. And so it's very difficult to teach people about this because the second you point the reality too, too, too critical, uh, then it's very difficult because, hey, that's not what they're seeing today. Yeah, their bank account might have a little less money in it. Yeah, things might be a little more expensive. But you know what, Scott, I can still go on vacation. Or you know what, I can still pay my bills. And so, you know what, it's bad for the other guy. Right now, uh, Joe Biden's debating a recession. The Republicans are saying we're in a recession. The economic experts who look at factors say, hey, we've already tripped the, the wire that, that puts us into a, a you know, standard definition of a recession. But if you're Joe, all you got to do is say, look, you're wrong. There's plenty of jobs. We need to change the definition of a recession because we're not in one. And now the debate's on who's right. There's no election fraud. There's no recession. There's none of the things that you think there is. Uh, it's just not true. And now you're left with a fake news debate of who's telling the truth and who's not. And the liars seem to have the order of the day with them. 
right now. So anyway, I, I, I agree with you, Scott, that it's way worse, Dr. Bradley. It's way worse than, than we're being told. Uh, for example, they say that inflation is about 9%. Well, we know from experts that it's well over double that. It's over 18%. It's disaster. But yet they can continue this false prosperity and people can still have bread and circus. It's hard for me to say that, you know what, it's upon us yet. So the timing, I don't know. The severity, the reality, the picture you paint, all true. Uh, but how do we ferret people through, you know, through this thing uh, in a way that helps them understand the truth, but yet not get snookered and mocked? And, and you know, how do we deal with this in a, in a meaningful way? And what do we do about it even if it is happening? You know what? What, what can Sam Bushman, one guy, do much about this, right? Uh, Dr. Bradley. <laughs> well, on a national level, obviously, Sam needs to do his best, and I know you are, to awaken people to a sense of their awful situation. Uh, because the more Americans that come to understand what's at risk and and what the trajectory always leads to, it always leads to it. And and in fact, we, we all through history, there has never been a time when paper money, fiat money, we've talked about fiat for a while, that's money declared by government, this hereby, by declaration of the, you know, the king, whatever, is acceptable uh, as money. It's fake. Uh, unbacked paper money is what it really boils down to. And the American founding fathers understood it clearly. And uh, they debated it. The 1787 convention, uh, they talked about issuing fiat money, this paper money, unbacked paper money. And uh, it was stated in, in the uh, uh, debates during the convention on August 16th, 1787. Go back and look at Madison's journal that uh, if this were allowed, it would be as alarming as the mark of the beast in Revelation. Uh, it, and the, the, the entire debate of that was that the entire proposed constitution would be a failure if the power to print money was allowed. And the, the convention voted in favor of preventing the issue of unbacked paper money. This stuff was on the table when the constitution was being debated. Uh, George Washington said, Experience has demonstrated the impracticality long to maintain a paper credit with funds for its redemption. The long depreciation of our currency was in the main necessary effect of the want of those funds. People don't really realize the American fact. We could, I could give you dozens of quotations. I know the time it usually speeds by beyond the opportunity to do so. But the fact of the matter is the American founding fathers understood clearly and the only funding available well that was constitutional is precious metals and we could discuss why that is the effect now you ask well what can i do i think that we as individuals need to recognize that investing in paper ultimately and finally has always 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 collapsed john maynard Keynes, uh, known as kind of the father of fabian social well not the father of fabian socialism but but at least the uh Keynesian economy the United States is running right now believed in this fiat money and and he thought that it ought to be used injected constantly into our economy as a means to show uh, that it's prosperous and so on and so forth but he also was uh, educated I guess I should say he wasn't wise but educated enough to know that it created inflation but he said that most not one in a million would recognize the robbery that inflation is of their their real asset the, the money that's in their hand and we've talked before on your program about the rule of 72 which you you can apply it towards investment 
based on interest rates, or you can apply it on inflation. And you divide the, the rule, the number 72, by the inflation rate, which you just spoke of as 18%, uh, and say that's how long it'll take, four years, until half the value that's currently in your bank account will have reached half its purchasing power of what it is today. So if you saved up a million dollars, and you're probably a multimillionaire. Now, I don't know if this right? is, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm poking fun at you. Okay. So here's the deal. If, in fact, uh, we saved up a million dollars to retire on, it'll be worth a half a million dollars in, in four years. Our interest rates on our national debt will take more of the uh, revenue stream that comes in every, every year because we have to pay back those guys that created the money in our private banking system. It's a death spiral. And, and so I guess what I'm saying is that individuals can be wise enough to put their assets in, in a, a kind of a solid, tangible kind of thing that has intrinsic value, and uh, it will hold its value longer. But, but even those things ultimately will collapse if the collapse goes hard enough. Okay, I uh, for some reason we've lost Sam for a minute or two, but don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's it's a a really interesting thing. Here's what Thomas Jefferson said: One of the great advantages of specie—that's an intrinsic value money system—as a medium, that's an exchange medium—is that being of universal value it will keep itself at a general level. And then he he quotes Adam Smith that the commerce and industry of a country cannot be so secure when suspended on dedalian wings of paper money as when on solid ground of gold and silver. Specie, that's intrinsic value, you know, precious metals, is the perfect medium because it will preserve its own level because having intrinsic and universal value, it can never die in our hands. And it is the surest resource of alliance in time of war. The trifling economy of paper as a cheaper medium or its convenience for transmission weighs nothing in opposition to the advantages of precious metal. Paper money is liable to be abused, it has been, and forever will be abused in every country in which it is permitted. Now, he used a term in, in that statement about daedalian wings of, of uh, you know, the way if you have paper money, daedalian refers back to that term uh, when Daedalus, he was a mythical ancient Athenian who supposedly invented wings, and his son Icarius uh, experienced disaster when he tried to soar to great heights in flight and melted his wings, and he crashed into the sea, uh, the Icarian Sea, by the way. At any rate, um, that seems to be where we are, where people cannot seem to understand that as they give their as they give their confidence to something that is never it has never succeeded over time it has always failed and if you look back at what happened in Weimar Germany Sam made a, a comment about how oh man I now I know Sam is 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 playing up a an angle here and, and I don't want to overhang my market too much but you look at back at Weimar Germany and what happened when they started their printing presses? Yeah, they were still getting a paycheck. They paid them twice a day. 
they paid them at noon and they paid them in, as, as they got off work. And the reason they did that was because the inflationary uh, forces that had been caused by the printing presses had gotten so heated that they actually had to get the money out to the hands of the people twice a day so it could be spent instantly on whatever asset they could buy. Bread, for example. Dr. Bradley, spot on correct, ladies and gentlemen. I am playing devil's advocate a little bit. When we come back, I'll do a little more of it, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Dr. Bradley's absolutely right on the facts, but how do we balance this in our own minds in a meaningful way, and how do we prepare? That's the real question, huh? Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. House lawmakers are preparing to return to Congress and spend more the week of August 8th. They will vote on the Senate's $740 billion climate agenda and self-proclaim deficit reduction package. As many Americans have a justifiable concern about the recession facing us, President Biden, reading from a cue card, says we're not in a recession. Both Chairman Powell and many of the... Uh, um, uh, significant uh, banking personnel and economists say we're not in recession. This has declining GDP for 2022 so far, inflation at 9.1%, and three months of declining consumer confidence. We'll have the American people deciding if this is a recession. July 2022 Consumer Price Index data is scheduled to be released on August 10th. USA Radio News. Camp Lejeune Justice is responsible for the content of this ad. Attention Marines, personnel of any branch of the armed forces, and their families stationed at Camp Lejeune and contractors who worked at Camp Lejeune. Were you present at Camp Lejeune for 30 days or longer between August 1953 and December of 1987? For 34 years, those on Camp Lejeune were exposed to contaminated drinking water, resulting in devastating injuries, including several forms of cancer, adverse birth outcomes, Parkinson's disease, and more. Until now, the laws have prevented victims from getting justice, but Passage of the Camp Lejeune Justice Act of 2022 would allow victims to seek compensation for illnesses and injuries linked to the toxic water. If you or a loved one got sick after exposure to contaminated drinking water at Camp Lejeune, you need the right legal team that has the experience, support staff, and resources to seek the maximum compensation for your injuries. Call now for a free consultation and case review. Call 800-832-9166. That's 800-832-9166. Again, that's 800-832-9166. The White House reported President Biden spoke with Chinese President Xi Jinping Thursday morning. The two spoke for about two hours and 20 minutes. Ian Chong from the National University of Singapore on Germany's public broadcast service. On the Xi side, it's not that he's going for election. I think it's pretty clear he has his third term. It's about him being able to uh, push his agenda through, being able to put his key allies into important positions. Illegal immigrant Harrison Fuentes, accused of raping a 10-year-old girl from Ohio, is being held without bond. On Thursday, prosecutors said the girl confirmed her attacker and DNA testing proved law enforcement has their guy. Franklin County Judge Julie Lynch at the bond hearing Thursday. This man lived in the home with this child. To allow him to return to that home, the traumatic and psychological impact would be undeserving to an alleged victim. USA Radio News.
nagging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Bradley is spot on when it comes to the founding father-esque reality of this. He's spot on when it comes to the fact that, hey, you know what? None of these fiat currencies have ever lasted. It always results in dismal, absolute failure. Uh, usually it ends up in slavery for the people or some kind of a tyranny. Uh, he's absolutely spot on right on that. But I want to play devil's advocate a little bit for a minute because responding to this is really uh, the trouble. You know, you and I uh, say, hey, you know what? The sky's going to fall. This isn't going to last. And others say, you know what? We've lasted for a couple of hundred years. I don't see anything changing, Sam. And to make the point more poignant, here's an interesting headline. Biden's, uh, Biden's dollar plan, deeply troubling, Fox News, Breitbart, and others say. Then they say March 9, 2022, Biden quietly signed Executive Order 14,067. And buried in this order is a unique provision that sets the stage for government monitoring of all your bank accounts and government literal control over your bank account and your spending. Legal government surveillance of your bank and then control of your spending. Um, but yet, you know what? This happened March 9th. It's already been four or five months, and hey, hasn't impacted me at all yet, Dr. Bradley. And that's the problem that we're facing is that, you know what? If we say timing, if we say that this isn't lasting or this and that, all they do is look at us and go, what are you talking about? People have been saying that since World War II, man. And you know what? It's fine. You know what? We've got probably the most prosperous generation we've ever had, they'll say. Uh, Biden literally just lies to the people. Hey, there's no, there's no uh, recession going on. Dr. Bradley, it's a strong job market. It, you know, in fact, all businesses need more employees. You know, you want a job, you can get probably six of them. Uh, it kind of a thing. Um, the battle's on for the hearts and minds of the people, and most folks aren't really awake to this. It's very hard to awaken them in a meaningful way without saying the sky is falling, without making it too dramatic, but yet pointing out the obvious. Uh, it's obvious to those of us who study history, study real versus fiat money. Um, but it may not be obvious to the average Joe, and they're having a hard time seeing what we're saying. Dr. Bradley? Well, that's that's why programs such as this one and, and my book, I do have a chapter on economics and money and freedom in my book to preserve the nation. But But you point out an executive order. First of all, there is nothing whatsoever constitutional about what um, Joe Biden did with that order in March. There is Amen. zero We've authority. We've got over 14,000 of them on the books, right? There, that's correct. And I, I would assume that there are a handful of them that are constitutional. But any time uh, an executive creates a law that is enforced as though it were law, as though it had passed through the legislature, as though it had gone through the constitutional responsibility of going through the House and the Senate and being signed by the president, uh, without having gone through that, it it is a uh, a lie. It's illegal, null and void. But but here's the deal: uh, the the noose has been put around our neck a long time ago, and and uh, you know you can go back to Bretton Woods in 1944 if you want. I mean this post World War II stuff, the the idea of the uh, you know closing the gold window by Nixon, the idea of the petro uh, uh, dollar, the all of the all of the nonsense that has gone on has just been uh, kind of uh, completely tamping down the concrete on us. 
and uh, this latest one is a is a, an addition to to what uh, the USA Patriot Act, so-called. Again, they stay up nights trying to pick something that sounds patriotic, but is really tyranny in its or origins. Patriot Act destroyed not only the Fourth Amendment, unequivocal, the Fourth Amendment does not exist in America anymore in practice. But um, but one thing that they did do was that they require the bankers to be the uh, snitch, the cop, whatever you want to call them, on any kind of exchange. And that's been around since 2001. And and now here we are 21 plus years later. And, uh, and, and so he's kind of tightening the noose a little bit more with this opportunity to say, oh, yes, we're going to observe every single thing. You know what? If you have money in their system, you're going to be observed. There's a greater effort to do that constantly with these so-called cryptocurrencies. Uh, if if they're making effort to track it now with precious metals, it's much less likely to happen because it's something you hold. You put it in your pocket. You walk out the door. They don't know you got it in your pocket unless you go through a metal detector. But the fact of the matter is that that tyrants for all ages, a little over 100 years ago, uh, a guy by the name of Pancho Villa, a communist in Mexico, closed down all production of precious metals. He blew the mines shut because he knew that if you had independent wealth, you could control your own economy. You could control, you could do, you could go kind of uh, under the covers, if you will, and do your transactions. He couldn't have full control of society. So he destroyed the precious metals mines that were so prolific in, in their production of metals in, in uh, uh, northern Mexico back in 1916 time frame. And that's exactly what they're trying to do now. They're controlling, manipulating anything that might give you some independence on your ability to run your own economy. So yes, uh, what I recommend to people is is hold on to something tangible. And, and if, it's, uh, if it's liquid, meaning you can expend it pretty easily, uh, I think there's greater value than something that's a, that uh, yeah, you may own 10,000 acres in Montana, but try selling it when there's no money. Uh, <laughs> I, I just give you an example. When when uh, my wife and I first got married, uh, we lived next door to an old guy uh, that was, uh, he had bought the home he was in in 1929. He paid $4,000 for it. You might say, oh, really? I could maybe afford one today. But he said, he told me, no, he says, there was no money. He says, I nearly lost the home. I don't remember what he told me. He's paying for it, something like $40 a month or something like that. I don't remember the number. But it was well under $100. He says, no, I nearly lost the home because there was no money. The economy had shut down. And that's where we're going, people, if we don't get wise and stop this foolish love affair with uh, government handouts and largesse and and unconstitutional expenditures the the free bogus money that comes out it ultimately destroys the economy because you got more money chasing the same amount of goods and services and so prices go up all uh gasoline all uh housing all a uh, steak anything that we're looking at buying right now has gone up in price and so you know joe biden may say well the economy's great you can go out and get any job any 16 jobs whatever you want but your money won't buy anything, people. It's because the money is being destroyed from the core. 
And well, really... and all, I remember this as well. My father, uh, back in the day in California, bought a nice, beautiful lot in a place called The Estate. It's a very, you know, fancy, nice place. At the time, kind of out in the country, he bought this lot for $11,000, and he built a home on it. Now the lots in that area go for well over a million dollars. Well, uh, here's the deal. The point. And so... Think about this for a minute. Uh, some of your listeners may go back to, you know, Jimmy Carter's era. Jimmy Carter, uh, inflation went similar to what it is here. I mean, I bought a uh, a home during the Jimmy, Car- Jimmy Carter era. My company transferred me. I had to buy a home. Would never have done it, but I paid I, uh, 15% interest on the home. Holy cow. When they transferred me next time, I thought I cut a fat hog when I got 12% interest because of the relative difference on it. But the things that are going on right now at the highest levels of government, uh, I, I just can't see them being able to continue to weave the web that, that keeps everybody completely in the dark. People are saying, I, 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 can't, I can't afford whatever. It takes not just two incomes now in a home, it might take four. So husband and wife both work and Maybe they have children that are kicking in, or maybe the husband and wife both have two jobs. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is that's where we are. The money is not buying it. You can get jobs if you're willing, but you can't buy anything with them. I mean, I'm overstating that a little bit, but your ability to buy anything with it is greatly diminished. Yeah, the point, it used to be that people had victory gardens. It used to be that you didn't need money for a lot of things. Uh, You could live without Nowadays, though, hey, you can't live without things uh, really very easily. Uh, an example is the internet. You know, how do you live without the internet these days? Almost everything you do is on the internet. You got to have a good internet connection, or you're simply left behind in the digital divide. Uh, same thing with cars. On one hand, you know what? You used to be able to get away with no car, maybe one car. Now you've got to have at least two cars. Uh, and if they're not good cars, you got to have more to try to keep one of them running. And so, more and more and more, do things cost money? And I don't know that in our modern day society, you can live without having money for those things. It's a a very difficult situation that we face, uh, and it's going to get worse. When we come back, we'll wrap this up real quick, though, just a reality check. Uh, And then we'll jump into the Hunter Biden scenario. I want to get Dr. Scott Bradley's take on that because that's a critical, critical thing. Will he go to prison? (laughs) We'll keep an eye on the ball. Time will tell. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9:6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? in churches, in wedding chapels, 
in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So Dr. Scott Bradley, Sam Bushman, talk about this reality check. Joe Biden literally signed this executive order, 14,067, which says government gets to literally surveil all your banking. And it will literally control your bank account and control your spending. It's disaster on steroids. But you know what? It was signed back in March, and we haven't really seen any negative repercussions thus far. See, and all the things that they do seem to have no, you know, no lasting effects or, 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 or uh, negative effects for you and I. Um, it's only later that you can see it. Take the inflation of right this very second. Most folks that are involved in bread and circus can't really see it. Yeah, gas prices are a little bit more, but. And it really sucks, just so you know. But, hey, it's not that bad. I can at least still buy gas, and, um, et cetera. Um, you can't really tell until you look back and compare to your parents' prosperity. And then you start to really see the reality check that I'm talking about. As I mentioned to you that, you know what, in 1970, my dad bought a lot for $11,000. Now those same lots are selling for well over a million dollars. Uh, to make the point, you know, I had a friend that bought a home for about $17,000 in 1970. Now that home is worth a half million dollars. And so you see these changes. You see that it used to take one person to make a living, but yet they didn't have all the expenses that we have today. Now it takes two people to make a living, and we're struggling at that, right? And folks can't buy a home where I live. I bought a home for $150,000 20 years ago. Now it's worth $500,000. The problem is it sounds great for me because, hey, I got you know home worth a lot of money. I'm so rich, I'm poor, right? Um, house rich, is that what they call it? Reality poor uh, or house poor is the term. You know, Sam, I, uh, I guess, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I, I guess I'll go back to what I was talking about intrinsic value. But uh, beyond that, I think that the idea that you can become more self-sufficient needs to be considered by a lot of people. A lot of people have never, ever done anything but live from hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck. And you mentioned about the victory gardens that they had during World War II. I, uh, I think back about, let's just take my mom's family, for example. Uh, <coughs> back during the Depression, they had 10 acres. They grew a truck garden. They had chickens. They had pigs. They had a cow. And, and my mom told me that uh, they never, ever seemed to lack for it. She didn't know they were poor. 
I think one time in February they had $5, no, $50. It was $50 to get through the rest of the year. But they, it was not a problem. It was not a problem because they had plenty to eat. Every Sunday morning, Grandma went down, down to the uh, root cellar and got out all of the canned you know, peaches or, or apples that she was going to make dessert with and, and the, the uh, potatoes and the beans and everything. Grandpa went out and killed a couple of chickens in the chicken coop. They had a fine Sunday dinner. And, and they had self-sufficiency. And my mom told me that they, they never felt like she wasn't poor in their mind. They had everything they needed, a house and, and food and clothing. And uh, and so it, it, Americans today have, have long since left that uh, self-sufficiency mentality. I think we're going to have to regain some of it. I think it would be wise to regain some of it now instead of being forced into it. We're being led like a lamb to a slaughter with this uh, economy that we've got now. And I'm pretty confident that as the animals go into the slaughterhouse, they're not going, hey, wait a minute. No, uh, we're going to the slaughterhouse. We got No, they get up close until they smell the blood, and then it's too late. And, and uh, it sounds maybe <laughs> a little bit crude, but I wonder how late it'll be before we start to wake up, before we start being wise in the way we run our own personal economies. So I don't know, Sam. Uh, it's just a, a jabbering of a, a guy that's been through a few more generations than some that might be listening. Well, and the whole point of all this, ladies and gentlemen, is to understand, look, we're not telling you the sky is falling and it's going to melt down today. We don't know the timing of this. We do know history repeats itself. And we do know that every fiat currency in the history of the world has eventually had a comeuppance, has failed. And so, you know what, we don't know the timing. We're not pretending we do. We're not financial experts. But we understand real money versus fake money. And what we understand is uh, provident living, uh, preparedness. Uh, doing what you can to be as self-sufficient as possible. And we're telling you that it's time to work on that. You don't have to panic. You don't have to go in debt to get a gazillion years of food storage. Um, you can start slowly. You can just, when you go to the store, buy a few extra things. Uh, when you uh, learn you know, to grow a garden, learn to put away some of that food. Learn to dry meat. Learn to dry some fruits and, and different things. And learn to work at it just a little bit at a time. And pretty soon... Over the next couple of years, you'll have more knowledge than you think you will. A little bit of time into something over a long period of time uh, pays off. A little bit of effort seems like not much, but the person that plays piano five minutes a day, if they're steady and consistent, and it's every day, every day, every day, pretty soon they can play pretty good. It's the same thing with this. We just want people to work on it. We just want people to make a difference, and we just want to encourage you. We don't want you to leave discouraged. We don't want you to leave feeling like, hey, the, the end of the world's happening. <clears throat> God's overall. Make no mistake about that. But what can you do? <clears throat> Excuse me. What can you do to protect your family? What can you do to have a little bit of self-sufficiency? What can you do when the tough times come uh, to improve your uh, standard of living? your stability, uh, and, and most importantly, how can you have peace in your soul? Answer, turn to Christ. Answer, turn to family. Answer, turn to country. And answer, do all that you can to prepare uh, one little bit at a time. All right, I want to finish up on this Hunter Biden story. So now the experts are all saying, Breitbart reporting, Fox News reporting, everybody else reporting, Hunter Biden failed to file as a foreign agent. And uh, as a result of that and a result of a bunch of his current and past business partners literally met with Joe Biden uh, in the White House when Joe was vice president. So the lie that there was no tie to Joe 
has been blown up. The lie that he didn't really have anything that mattered in terms of uh, relations with foreign businesses, etc., that narrative has been blown out of the water as well. And now experts are saying there's a great chance that Hunter Biden may go to prison. Dereliction of duty, failure to file a foreign agent status in some of these countries, and now that his dad's literally tied to his business partners, the whole narrative that they've covered up from before the election, I consider that election fraud, by the way, uh, to now has been blown out of the water. The question is, will something happen or will it just be business as usual, Dr. Bradley? Uh, and I'm going to ask a rhetorical question, Sam, so you don't need to go into a, a big dissertation about who Monica Lewinsky was, because I know you remember <laughs> Monica Lewinsky. Of course. But I'll ask your listeners rhetorically also. Do you remember Monica Lewinsky? You remember the big star uh, uh, the uh, investigation that was going on on this Bill Clinton impeachment process? Uh, they had him dead to rights on so many big imp- important earth-shaking issues i did not have well i guess i uh, did (laughs) at the point of the matter i guess i guess bill just walked in the studio right anyway um the fact is that ken Starr blew it i think was on purpose by the way and that's another discussion we can have at another time but what he did is he focused on something that the people he felt could understand i think it was more than that but but uh, they could understand the um, tawdry affair that Bill Clinton was having with this uh, intern, Monica Lewinsky. And, and so he put all his eggs in one basket, so to speak, on this whole thing about her intimacy with him and how he lied about it. And everybody said, the heck you say? This is, it's, what the? And I think that's kind of where this is. I'm sorry. I mean, as big as this issue really is, it really is a big issue that this Hunter Biden thing is happening. His old man is dirty and completely criminal in the activities that have been going on. I think there's going to be ample evidence that could be brought forth. We're talking impeachment evidence that would stand up tons more strength than than what happened in the uh, Watergate program back in 1974. But here's the deal. The people, I don't think, really are, it's not going to resonate with the people. Huh? Didn't register as a foreign agent. What do you mean? He's a spy? Are you kidding me? This guy's a spy too? Whoa, he does everything. I mean, come on. The, I don't think that the people in America are going to pick up on this and start carrying the banner, you know, let's take, you know, take out our pitchforks and cudgels and everything like that and storm the castle. I don't think it's going to happen. And I think that, again, there's tons of other stuff that could be brought forth. The abuse of office, the bribery things, the, the payouts that have happened. And, and it's been paid out oft, oftentimes with U.S. taxpayer dollars to get things to happen. The, all of this stuff is impeachable stuff, but I don't think it's going to resonate with most Americans. And, um, and so I, I think, uh, sadly, it'll probably go by the wayside and, Joe Biden will be long gone before Hunter overdoses someday in a in a uh, back alley hotel room uh, with a hooker. I mean, it's just amazing how this guy has lived a, a life of debauchery, and it, it seems to be facilitated by his own dad, who's the uh, the president of the United States and was formerly the vice president and gave access to criminals that 
are were currently propping up in your Ukraine. Holy cow! America's a we're being the drum beat towards war is is been out there for months now, and and we're covering up stuff that's happened in Ukraine and and the Bidens have been neck deep in it. They've been neck deep with China, and and now. What the heck's a foreign agent? You know, so I don't know. That's just a perspective that I, I offer, and I hope and pray that I'm wrong, but I just don't see the American public storming the castle over this one. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We're not going to storm the castle over Hillary Clinton, and her fake uh, server, um, or her server that was designed to to make sure that we didn't see her email correspondence, etc. Right on through to the Hunter Biden scandal. Uh, to the Joe Biden scandal, who literally saw a lot of these, uh, quote, partners of Hunter in the White House. Uh, they had access to the White House, but none of us can have access to the White House. Uh, Bill Clinton's scandals, none of these things. You've got two classes of people in America, folks. Us, who are being inflation, who are being uh, plagued with inflation to the point where it's hard to live, and the elites, which is the Joe, the Hillary, the Bill, the Hunter, uh, the uh, and so on, uh, and we've allowed these secret combinations to get above us, and that's really the takeaway from today's program, folks. All these other things, money, uh, whatever, it's all downstream from these secret combinations that we've allowed to get above the people. We better wise up to it and stop it because what's what what's next? What will we allow to go on uh, on our watch next? Uh, and I think the immorality of the people is the cause, and I think the solution is very simple. Turn to God and repent. Turn to family. Turn to country. Demand accountability. Demand transparency. Get involved. We the people have an obligation. Uh, the founders said we have a republic if we can keep it. And the prayer is we can keep it. And we're going to work our guts out to make sure that happens to the best of our ability. Sorry for all the connectivity issues, ladies and gentlemen. I'm on the road. Um, it'll get better soon as I get back uh, into my studio here. Thanks for your patience along the way. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, we declare we the people, along with the rest of the Almighty, we can and indeed will restore our grand old republic. But you got to get involved, make it a great day, and you got to choose the right, will you? God save the Republic of the United States of America.